Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. Carson Wood. And Carson Wood, as always. Today we will be talking UFC 200. There's not, I mean, it's been a pretty quiet week for MMA other than the the upcoming 200 card. So that's actually probably really good for the UFC, don't you think? I don't know. You, you almost want people talking about it leading up to it, right? Well, Especially with how many negative things have been going on. But I mean, there are, the people are talking about the card. That's not what I mean. Um, what I'm referring to well, is... The people that are talking about the card are the people that are going to talk about the card regardless. I think for like something like 200, you kind of want... I mean, maybe it already has all the hype leading up to it because of the whole Connor saga and all that nonsense and the GSP Ariel Hawani saga, yeah. everything I mean, like... Maybe we're just exhausted at this point. And that's what I'm kind of referring to. You know what I mean? Like there are so many different storylines going into this Mm -hmm. that all of them have finally died. Mm -hmm. We, you don't have to worry about any of that any longer. We can just talk about the main fights. A lot of fights being overlooked, um, based on how many things are going on this weekend. Um, and so it's, to me, it's great that we can just talk about fights. We don't have any, uh, contract disputes other than, you know, GSP potentially coming back, but that was, you know, last week. Um, we don't have, we don't have any media issues. We haven't had any scrums where people are grabbing each other by the neck. Like really it's calmed down to finally just be about mm-hmm. fighting rather than some other weird spectacle. Mm-hmm. I agree. No more UFC cell talk for the last week. Like, really? I don't know. I, I did. I did listen to the Jeremy Botter interview on "You're Welcome," um, which was pretty interesting. That's what a couple weeks old now, right? It might have been. I thought it was just last week. Wasn't it might, it? I might have not listened. I didn't listen to Friday's show, so it could have actually been from Friday. I thought it not a big, not a huge, not a huge issue. But I, I had just listened to it. Maybe that's why it was fresh on my mind. All those um, low combat guys that are in really well with uh, Chill Sonnen. Are they? They must be. Front Row Brian also works over at Flow Combat. Oh, that makes sense. Um, Jeremy Botter was Wednesday. What was I doing on Wednesday? I don't know. But, I mean, regardless. Yeah, so he was talking about it, and it was interesting from his perspective. He got five sources on the thing. And uh, and he was, he was actually threatened uh, by the UFC with legal action. And then he took it to his lawyers and they just like just started laughing like this holds no weight at all. Mm -hmm. Like there's literally nothing that they can do. Um, UFC is looking like they maybe just need new management. Like they it it might be a good thing that they're selling. You always worry because it's interesting that everyone always complains about Dana White and the the Fertitas and all of that. And then all of a sudden they they come they don't know what's going to happen if they leave. Like, oh, no, yeah, they, oh, Uncle Dana this, and you, what do they say, you knucklehead, you fool? <laughs> what do they say that they always quote that he says it? But then, but at the same time, now that they're talking about potentially selling, they're like, oh, goodness, what are they going to do without these guys? And it makes perfect sense from a business standpoint, but you, you would think that all of the people and all of the haters that were doing nothing but complaining about mm-hmm. them wouldn't automatically be like, oh, no, what are we going to do without Dana White? See, that's not my thing. Like, I, I have my problems with him. I think Dana's not as bad as everybody makes him out to be. I think he's kind of pretty much – I'm sure that the Fertitta brothers do stuff, but it's pretty much all put on him. Yeah. And he's given orders on what to do, and he has to do it in the best – like, when they tell him 
when he when all of a sudden it gets brought up that he they're they're gonna sell and he's asked about it in a rush interview or something like that and he he doesn't know how to respond to it what's his first response that's the stupidest thing mm-hmm. I've ever heard always he's everything's the stupidest thing that he ever heard I, I'm not gonna ever say anything to him is is just fear that I'm gonna get verbally braided but it's clickbait they just want you to click on their website yeah well that's the whole point of the internet yeah exactly <laughs> including the UFC like. That's why you put on fights, so people watch them. You know, that's basically a Playboy was the original clickbait. They just put naked women on the cover of their magazines just because they were trying to get they were trying to get people to read their content. Yeah, how dare they? And they didn't even. I mean, they started with fake naked women. Somebody said that about Sargon of Akkad. They were like, "That's so clickbaity." He's a YouTube personality. Sargon. People in Europe will know who he is. (laughs) He's a he's a YouTube personality. And he did this thing on Trump, but he had Trump in the WWE event, but he was shot. <laughs> and it was, like, just totally fake. And they're like, that's real clickbaity. And it's like, you know he puts out good content. Who cares if it's clickbait? You have to you have to talk about what is viable at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so much clickbait. And that's why there's so many things. I think the worst clickbait I ever saw um, in reference to the UFC was actually a picture of Conor McGregor. And it looked like it was really old. Mm-hmm. And it was him on a couch with just like a whole bunch of other people. It looked like they were hanging out or it could have been like backstage or something at a, a photo shoot. And it said something like, Conor McGregor's girlfriend pissed as he goes on drug raged, <laughs> drug and fueled bender or something like that. And I mean, in the picture, it was definitely taking some artistic license of, you know, deciding that this picture was him going on some drug induced, you know, rage rant and, and, Whatever it was, but it was really interesting. And of course, I didn't click on it because the MMA media would be way ahead of whoever was putting it out. Mm-hmm. Usually, the other, yeah, the other thing, yeah, TMZ would have been right, right on top of that because they follow him around everywhere. That one, that one uh, videographer. The, the difficult Don't part call is that. just call him a TMZ employee. Yeah. They're not reporters, they're not videographers. They're just. God, could you imagine? Like, I imagine, um, I imagine that being like Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> where you think, like, oh man. I'm going to work for Fox and I'm going to be a reputable source and, or like I'm going to be in Star Wars and I'm going to be the comedic relief. And then you do it and it ruins the rest of your career. You're Darth like, Binks, man. Darth Binks. He's, um, he's the, the leader of the Darth. The only problem Binks's. with clickbait is if there's no substance behind it. Is there ever substance behind clickbait? Yeah. Sargon of Akkad when it was clickbaity. 100%. Like people that were giving it a like, but the content behind it was good. You know, and that's the problem. And like that's we, but that's what they talk about in marketing. Is it's all about headlines. Your headline will get the clicks, but your content will keep people coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to be honest, <laughs> like, don't lie. It, well, like he never lied. It, it's just but, very interesting to me that some people would call it clickbait, and then in the industry you're like, Dana. that's called a headline. That's like us calling it Hawani Gate, right? Mm-hmm. We got a bunch of clicks on it. It almost tripled some of our listens on, as compared to other episodes. We posted it on Facebook because at that time it was trending and we called it Hawani Gate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, And it helped. It wasn't clickbait. The content was there. We, th- we discussed it. But coming from a somewhat of a marketing background, being able to be like, huh, what will draw some attention? Or, huh, when's the, the right time to talk and post about this? That's what you do. That's your job is to get people to click on your website. Mm-hmm. So, Or, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing is do all that and then hopefully the content's good. Exactly. And, and ours hopefully is awful. Our, yeah, ours is <laughs> awful. Hopefully ours is good, you know. 
I, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. That's why I think it's stupid when Dana says, oh, it's just for clickbait. Okay, your stupid promo that you wanted to do with Brock was just to get people to watch, and it was, and that's going to be the worst fight on the whole card. They would have been better off showing that leading into the card or releasing that early, I think. Yeah, it's great that it was released during the 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 pay-per-view. However, if I if I were to go through as the marketing or PR or whoever it was as the UFC and say, "Cool, this has been leaked. It's already out there. This is this promo is amazing. Let's push it out before the pay-per-view. Let's get ahead of this. Let's use the talk to get people to our website." But they, really it wasn't leaked. This. It wasn't the video wasn't leaked. But the information the news that Brock they can redo their plans right then. You can release something early. They weren't. Not it really. happens all the time. That, like hours. Who cares at that point? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking like it was the whole aerial thing was done in the same day. So show it twice. No, show just it on the show it when you were planning on it. It's not a big deal. If it were me, I would have got ahead of it and I would have released it. No, just just release. like they do with uh, movie previews that are released at Comic Con, and some handy cam guy films it like this. I'm moving my hands like I can't keep them straight or keep them. Anyway, so uh, for those on YouTube, they'll be able to see what I was doing. Um, and then just release it early, like Batman versus Superman or whatever did. There was a there was a Marvel movie that showed a Comic-Con Yeah, but that's hours or that's days or not even days. That's, that's weeks. months or even years. They could be releasing the Comic-Con stuff for the next year. Like that's complete. You, no, you they, ride they, the wave. You ride the wave. They did it fine. Apart from actually banning Ariel, they did it totally fine. I, it, so you you follow MMA a lot. You knew that Lesnar for sure was on the card then. No, the day of. So you still had the same effect. It's a, it. the same doubt. Yeah, the same doubt was there. It was one tweet. It was from Ariel Hawani, and there was the rumors going around, and other people were posting about it and talking about it and writing up articles as quickly as they could, which I didn't read. Um, most of the time, I just stay on Twitter and, and read the headlines in 140 characters. And so yeah, I I heard the rumors and. I didn't 100% believe it, even though it was from Ariel Hawani. As soon as Dana White said this is not true, that gave it some validity for me. Because anytime he comes out and says, this is not true, this is a lie, this is not happening, usually that does happen. I just remember you texting me like the second that it happened, though. You know, like they did, they had the same effect pretty much, even with the whole Ariel thing. It's like, I have no problem. Like, just continue with their plans. Like, you have your production crew doing it. Don't make it any more complicated and give them, just do it when you're planning on it. Have it affect the people it was going to affect and have Ariel ruin it for the people that he ruined it for. To touch on this one more time, because I know that we've touched on it in the, the other episodes before this, everyone is saying that them not letting everyone know, like Joe Rogan, ruined ruined the surprise and to me the fact that joe rogan was so surprised about it was better for me i thought it was fun oh i thought it was awesome yeah. i'd like for joe to be like wait what's going on is he coming back at 200 and for mike to be like yeah he's coming back at 200 like that to me was awesome that mm-hmm. was much better than him being like oh he's back lesnar will be on 200 like him being there and not having any idea and being just as surprised as everyone else and getting a gut reaction. And of course his reaction wasn't as excited. I mean, he was so excited, but he wanted to know the details. He wanted to know what was going on. And I think that's because him as an announcer, he's used to having all the details. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he wouldn't have said that and they would have just moved forward, everyone would, no one would have cared. 
and it would have brought up discussion and Twitter would have been flooded with who they thought he was going to fight, which is exactly what happened the next day when everyone talked about it. And my problem is I think that they sh- they should have released who it was going to fight. That way you can't talk about the it. The contract wasn't signed yet. I think that's the only that's reason the part why. That's problem, though. I think, yeah. it, I think that's what should have happened. Um, and Mark but, Hunt let it slip. Did he? Yeah. Mark Hunt, there's an interview with him where he basically makes mention that he may or may not be fighting Brock Lesnar. Before the contract was signed, I'll have to go find the interview. And that could be the leak. I mean, Mark Hunt could have easily been like, I'm in contract talks to fight Brock Lesnar right now. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just for me, it should have, like, if they needed Joe to have something for Joe to talk about, it would have been who his opponent, opponent mm-hmm. was. Because he's like, I don't know how to even, like, break this down at this point. I thought it was fun regardless. They I, could, yeah, they should, I, have I, got, they should have had them a list of the top heavyweights that weren't under contract at that point. But that really only pointed towards Fedor, Mark Hunt, Brandon Schaub, and like one other person because everyone else is under contract. Apart from just the, uh, the whole aerial thing, I thought it was just a fun thing to do. Yeah. Like bring Brock back. We'll talk about that later. I think it's, I, and I, we talked about it a little bit before too on other podcasts, but I just think it's an awful, awful fight for Brock. Oh yeah. But we'll get into it. Do you want to start at the bottom of the card and go up, or you want to start from the top of the card and go down? I would like to start with Fight Night, Dos Anjos versus Alvarez. I'm actually kind of starting to get hyped for that whole card, actually. I'm going to turn this down so we don't get any weird random chills on and stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't honestly know a lot of the undercard. I'm kind of excited to actually learn some more about about the people leading up to it. So we're actually... There's a lot of fights, I though. was invited by our... Irish compatriots to be in a pick'em, so I had to look into this a little bit. A lot of these guys are pretty exciting up-and-coming fighters or guys fighting for their contracts, and guys fighting for their contracts are usually pretty good because they know if they lose, they're done. Um, quick question before we move on. Derek Lewis, is he actually in the ESPN body issue? Because it looked like he was on the cover, but I don't know if that was real. I doubt that very much. I doubt that very much. It could be, but I highly doubt that. Let's see what we got here. Anyway, so you're saying you're not familiar with many of the names. Neither am I. Only a couple have actually uh, fought in the UFC before this. A lot of them are new. It says, yeah, it looks like he is. ESPN.go MMA fighter. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. There's the, the image of him on the cover, but I thought it may have been created by somebody else. But he said thanks ESPN. I mean, it made it look real. But then it was posted by Justin Golightly, and Justin Golightly was like, "Can I get some credit for this?" And so it seemed like he may have created it and not put his logo on there. But it. I don't. And then maybe Derek Lewis thought it was. I don't. I, who knows? We'll look into it and figure it out. Um, but yeah, so we already talked about this. Dos Anjos versus Alvarez. What do you think about this fight? Dos Anjos Alvarez, or are we talking Lewis uh, Nelson? We can talk either. Let's talk about, are you on the UFC website right mm-hmm. now? Can we talk about how Bilal Muhammad, the guy fighting Alex Joban, looks like it's a mugshot? shot? <laughs> <laughs> um, so many things yeah. to say. Um, so he, like we said, he's from Titan FC. He's done really well below Muhammad. But if you look at the UFC.com website, that is not the most flattering of picture. It looks like a mugshot. 
With almost like a fisheye lens, though. Yeah. Like it, a close-up fisheye lens that they did. Yeah, that poor guy, man. You could take that, Photoshop it, and make it look <laughs> real bad. Anyway, moving on. Um, but no, which one would you like to discuss first? <clears throat> Whatever. I'm down for I'm, all of them. Let's, let's go through them. Uh, undercut, I'm not really familiar. Mike Pyle is a familiar name. He's a little old, but he... The McDessy Medi Baghdad as well. I um, think that one is probably the sleeper fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might just be because I recognize both names. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, there's a couple either one loss or undefeated fighters on this card that are really, really exciting. Um, and then there's a couple, yeah, like I mentioned, that are three losses in that are most likely going to be off or out of the UFC if they lose their fights. Who are some of the people, like, the watches for, for losing their contracts? I think Arantes Sanders, maybe? Or Lopez? Let's see. I actually looked through these the other day, and I should know off the top of my head, having just gone through them. Um, someone's streaming something, so the internet's going a little bit slower. <laughs> I can turn on the quality. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. All right, let's look at this. So Lopez, I think these guys have both one or two losses in the UFC. El Toro. Um, Lopez is 19-2. and two. I don't know what his record is in the UFC. Probably says below. Um, so Burchick just lost Almeida, and he also lost to Ian Entwistle. Entwistle is the guy that always gets everyone in leg locks that the, uh, the Mexican dude just beat. And he got real mad that he was hitting him in a certain way as he was in his leg lock. And as soon as he couldn't get the leg lock, he just stopped trying. He lost to Thomas Almeida, which is steep competition. Um, but he's two for three. He did beat Joe Soto. And Joe Soto stepped in for a, a title shot. You got Lopez's record in front of you. 19-2. and two. I don't have all the deets on it. But I, I have, I've never seen him fight. I don't know anything. He's a 135-er. Which is which, which means it probably won't get cut because there's not enough 135ers. Yeah, it's like the same thing with the heavyweights. So he he lost his UFC debut, and now he's in his second fight. So this is really kind of a crapshoot. I mean, this could go. This is the kind of one that you wouldn't bet money on by any means, and even a pick 'em, it's like uh, you got a fifty fifty shot, mm-hmm. one one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look at the other one. Pyle, I'm a big Mike Pyle fan. Like I said, he's a little bit older. Um, he he had a run where I think he was like five fights in a row, but he fights a lot of the lower end guys. And then when he he lost to, oh, who was it, like a Drew Dober or someone like that, someone that was kind of on their way up. And if he would have won, he would have broken to like the top five, top ten, and he mm-hmm. would have continued to move forward. Let's see here. TJ Wahlberger, Jordan Mean, he lost to Colby Covington and then Sean Spencer. So he beat Sean Spencer, and I don't believe Sean Spencer's still in the UFC. Um, but if you lose to Jordan Mean, who's not in the UFC, it looks like he he hasn't fought since February. No, he fights about every six months. I I would imagine that he beats Alberto Mina, Alberto Mina, just based on just skill, just based on how many times he's been in the octagon. However, Mina is 2-0. and So he beat uh, Yoshiro Akiyama, and he beat Shinsho An- Ansa- Ansai. Um, and now he's fighting Mike Pyle. So 
there's a good chance that he could actually beat Mike Pyle depending on what level of actual fighter he is. Anyway, let's um, let's get excited. I feel like I'm getting drugged down in the dirt here. Uh, we'll just we'll breeze through this card really quick. We'll we'll jump. Uh, do you think that they're just feeding Mohammed to Joban? Because Joban's coming off a loss, right? Or did he win his last fight? We talked about it last week. I can't remember though offhand. I think whoever wins this benefits a lot. I think Bilal Muhammad, if he wins this, it shows what level he's actually at, um, and that that. Uh, that shows really well for Titan FC level fighters, especially championship uh, fighters or caliber fighters. And if Joe Ban wins, it just shows that I think Joe Ban is supposed to win this fight. Um, however, th- they're both strikers, and Muhammad may have better wrestling. I'm not 100% sure. However, it's going to be an exciting fight because they're both strikers, and Joe Ban comes to fight. And Muhammad will stand right in front of him and fight as well. So it should be, it's. I mean, it's obviously the the fourth fight in for a reason, on a, a card full of people that don't. Third, isn't it? So we've got one, two, three, yeah, four. But it, I mean, it'll be on the main card. Isn't it the third fight though? We got Rafael dos Anjos. Oh, sorry, no, yeah, third. Sorry, Joe Duffy's on there, which I forgot. Joe Duffy was undefeated in the UFC till his last fight, which he lost. Everyone was saying that he was going to go in and uh, they were going to play him against Conor again because he was the last person to beat before Nate Diaz, the last person to beat Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up losing to Dustin Poirier, which kind of changed everything. Yeah, so I mean, this this is going to be a good card. It's a Thursday night card. Everyone knows you got nothing else going on Thursday night. Technically, I have my math class, so I most likely won't be watching this. I have soccer. We'll have to get it recorded. I'm going to have it definitely recorded. Um, the Dos Anjos Alvarez, I'm actually getting excited for. Nelson Lewis, I'm not. I, I think this is kind of the spell in the end for, for Nelson. Just because he's older. I don't think his skill set is, I would say, out of other than being a punching bag, he has one of the better skill sets all around of the heavyweights. He's just he's just getting up there in age, I think. I mean, he's got good ground game, but he never 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 uses it, and he's got one punch. He's not. I I don't think he's well rounded on the feet. No, he's got that duck head overhand right. Yeah, duck he's not head doing. Right. He's not doing much on the feet. Um, and he's and been knocked out now. I'm so excited to see Dos Anjos back, and I'm really excited to see a hungry Eddie Alvarez. I don't like RDA. That's silly. I don't like him. That's silly. He's a good guy. <laughs> and I'm going to believe that, but he's a fighter. Like, I don't... Other than the fact that he looks like our good buddy, he could be, like, Ezra Castleton's cousin mm-hmm. or brother. Why don't you like him fighting? He's a boring fighter. Other than the, the, the leg kick he had, on, or the, the liver kick that he had on Cerrone... Like, the fight before that was mostly wrestling. His Pettis fight was not exciting. I mean, he dominated, so it was exciting in that form. What's exciting? Khabibi just got held down. I don't... Do you want me to buy you a tap, tap out shirt for this uh, yeah, UFC 200? please do. Go over to Ross. There's one right across the street. Okay. Pick me up, pick me up a uh, tap out it. shirt. Yeah. Large? Extra large. Uh, XXL. <laughs> just You're going to have to fill it out I'll better grow, than yeah, that. Grow, You're going to have to get it. I'll grow into it. I'm a tap out fan now. I get you some Oakleys too. Yeah, but no, why do and some uh, some Milwaukee's best beer? <laughs> I just don't know why you don't think he's an exciting fighter. And and in that same breath, I mean, I guess you'd have to think that Eddie Alvarez is a boring fighter. Agreed. Oh, gall. 
<laughs> Eddie Alvarez against Gilbert Melendez, exciting fight. Eddie Alvarez against Anthony Pettis, not an exciting fight. Eddie Alvarez against Diego Sanchez, right? I believe they fought. Exciting fight because they just stood and punched each other. But Eddie Alvarez can't can't be champion like that. So this is going to come down. This is going to be a chess match, chess match, which interests me. You're far enough into the UFC that you can understand the chess match. How does that I, make it boring for you? Because I'm not emotionally invested in either of these fighters. That's really what it comes down well, to. Well, you're getting emotionally invested. You now don't like RDA, so you're going to be actively cheering against him. I want Eddie Alvarez to win this. Yeah, I actually don't care. Um, Neither I just do think I. it's going to be a good fight. I think I think it could either be a like wow that was a fight that nobody expected or like a snooze fest 1999, and we all remember doing, snooze fest 1999. It was awful. Yeah, but the thing is, is I just don't see I just don't see <laughs> both of them are technical fighters. It's not going to be like uh, Eddie Alvarez has become a technical fighter. I said he is, yeah. and you said he became. They are both true statements, and they are both not outside of... <laughs> I'm about to technically fight you. <laughs> I don't understand why. You're the one correcting me. I'm a was... top-out fan. I can't fight with my words. <laughs> I, I have to fight with my fists. That, that's totally fine. I was, I was. You're the one that was correcting me, but essentially saying the same thing. <laughs> he is one. He became. Okay. He only, He's only looked really technical in his Anthony Pettis fight. That was the first fight that he looked like... Technical. All of the rest of them, he looked like a brawler. You just said he was boring. Now you're saying he's a brawler? No, he's, be- oh he's become boring. Oh, he's become boring. And I'm the one that's going to get hit. Anyways, let's move on to the tough finale. Uh, that fight is going to be actually really great. <laughs> but the tough finale... Uh, you remember how the first fight ended? Because that's what's going to happen to you in just a minute. Which first fight? The cheap shots. Which one? Claudia. Cheap shotting Joanna after their fight. Oh, I don't remember that. I actually never went back and watched that fight. What's about to happen? You're going to cheap shot me? <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried. <laughs> Be afraid. Be very afraid. Anyway. No, yeah. So what happened was, you got to watch it. I saw it on Reddit because everyone that was like, Joanna looks like a jerk on the show was like, and let's just all remember this. And John McCarthy's got him separated. And Claudia reaches across Big John and clips her in the face. I like that about her. I love Claudia now. And I told you you would. Yeah, I'm, you did. And I agree. That's you were right. First time we've agreed on something that I disagreed, but we really agreed on. No, gal. Let's just get into the fights. <laughs> Apologies to anyone still listening to this episode. I would have given up about 10, 15 minutes ago, but... We're trudging through. Let's talk about this. Claudia versus Joanna. The first fight was actually pretty close. Have you seen it? No. I've watched parts of it. And Joanna, it was probably her biggest competition to date. Now mm-hmm. we have to remember how long ago it was and how many different fights. So let's look at Joanna's record since that fight um, where she's just been absolutely dominant. I mean, obviously, she's a... Uh, she's a quantity fighter. So she lands more punches. She gets in. She's most likely not going to knock anybody out. Um, so her first fight in the UFC was against Claudia and it was a split decision. It's the only split decision that she's, she's had while in the UFC. Um, have, did you, did you watch the ultimate fighter this week when they did the dunking and everything? I haven't seen it for a while. Okay. It's, uh, 
I went back and watched that Sanchez fight, and I think that's going to be a super good one on this card. Where where are they showing that? Vegas. Are they not? Are there no prelims that they're having that on or anything? The like the when they do the it might it just might not be added to the card yet. Huh. But usually, usually that's the co-main is the tough finale fight. Oh yeah, they wouldn't put it on obviously because they they don't have the results yet. Mm-hmm. But they did. They promised that the one kid with the busted up shoulder. They promised him a spot on the, in the finale. Cool. Um, so I'm excited to see what what fights are going to release for that. Apart from that, I mean, it has. Some they've got all. The, they've got all but the two final fights: the women's fight and the. I guess they can't have all of them, right? Because if they put anyone else on the card, it would. Anyone that is lost in the tough house should be able to be on that final card. Mm-hmm. And I think they are. You. Um, so let's look at Claudia. So Claudia. Okay. So here's the only issue I have with Claudia. Claudia's had one fight since she lost to Joanna, and Joanna's had. Two fights, three fights since she beat Joanna, mm-hmm. and she's looked very good. And that, yeah, she's looked amazing. And she's training in different places. She's going out to elevation. She's going out to. She traveled to several different places. Um, that's the only thing I'd worry about with Claudia. And she hit annoyance Brazil- level, uh, annoyance level of Ronda. We talked about this yes. two weeks ago too. But she is in that show it is not the way to promote how these much, two fighters i feel like how much of it do you think is a cultural thing what do you mean like just polish like dana white says over and over again on almost every episode she's really big into respect she is the champion she hasn't it respected a, respect a soul thing. but you know what i mean maybe in that culture if you hold a place of power Everyone that's bends fine, to your will, like you that, know. That's Putin fine, but don't Russia. you you can't impose that on us. We don't have to respect you for it. I mean, if that's your culture, great. But Claudia, she's shown respect to everybody in the house and everything. And like the last, the last um, one, Dana did something for everybody where they got to go out on the town and everything. And Joanna was walking around telling everybody that they really that they decided that they wanted to do that for him, and she was taking credit for it. So I mean. She, she's not like she's respecting like anybody. She's just she's just kind of silly when she's by herself doing interviews with people that want to talk to her. I like her a lot. Like I like her breakdowns. I like how she approaches the fight game. I like it. But it the same thing with Ronda. But when they were put in this scenario where they have a rival or where they're supposed to be coaching Connor, it wasn't for him. It wasn't for Ronda. It wasn't for Joanna. Um, I think certain people. And I think you see this a lot in the wrestling culture where if you're a wrestler, they put coaching above all else. It's so important to pass what you know on to the next people. Um, but sometimes like with other cultures, and maybe anyways, I won't drone on about that, but just the, uh, the whole, she's not a very good coach. She's not. None of, I, none of her athletes have really said much about her. I mean, it seemed like Rhonda's team kind of was like, Mm, she's nice, but and I, I don't, and I can't think of any actual interviews where someone came out and was like, Ronda wasn't a good coach, mm-hmm. but I mean, you can usually tell, and I haven't seen enough of them to be like, eh, she was a bad coach. Um, because it seems like they pay less attention to their actual coaching techniques than usual. Like on Tito's episode or episodes and rampages and all of those, you could tell Rashad was a great coach. You could tell Tito mm-hmm. was Chelsea was a great coach. And then you could tell rampage was an awful coach. Like Uriah Faber, great coach. Conor McGregor was even a great coach when he decided to actually go in and start coaching. This These episodes, I feel like we see a lot less of the actual coaching and more of just like interaction between people in the house. Mm-hmm. And you don't see 
and I may be wrong because I've only seen about five episodes, but I can't think of one time when I was like, oh, yeah, in this episode, they were actually rolling around with their coach. Well, the problem is they do do that. Um, It shows Claudia. Claudia, you actually see, like, has a big heart. Like, she, when um, Abel, Mm. when he got sent home and then he came back, she was, like, super welcoming and, like, went out and, and tried to, like, make sure that he got ready for his fight. When uh, the kid blew out his shoulder, she was sat down with me and like tried to give him career advice. And then her team sat around with him. She seemed really good that way. The thing that I think you lose out on that it's not really made for television is there's a lot of interpretation that goes on. Her her team doesn't speak English, so when they're sitting there rolling, I've seen them hit mitts and everything, and they have like one, two. They have they have verbiage that they can use. But when it gets down to if you were wrestling and you're talking about positions, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you have to say it to an interpreter. The interpreter has to say it to the fighter. The fighter has to relay their question about... That's not made for television, you know? I think they wanted to see how they did. Mm-hmm. I think this this season of all of them was more of an experiment. Yeah, to get two people that don't like each other in a house, and Joanna really has sold it, I think, a little bit more. However, I think what they're trying to do is to see how well two non-English-speaking coaches can actually do against each other in The Ultimate Fighter. And the thing is, it's way more dependent on the characters or the fight, the actual fighters than it is the coaches in this episode more than any other ultimate fighter I've ever seen. Cause usually it's just like here are the coaches bickering for 45 minutes and now here's a 15 minute fight. Like, so this one seems to be way more actual fighter focused than a lot of, them. which is weird. Cause there's no drama on the fighter side uh-uh, apart from the kid, the Abel and the kid blown out his Corey is the one that, that uh, has the nerve problem in his shoulder and neck. Um, apart from those two, there really hasn't been any drama. They've been very, like, everybody's very cool with each other. They, 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 for the most part, what I can tell, like, both the coaches. To me, it's great. It shows fighters as intelligent, likable people rather than, like, tough one where Chris Lieben was getting water sprayed from him on a hose when he'd already passed out in the front yard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, guys, like, this dude's obviously got major psychological issues. Josh Koscheck and Bobby Southworth. You don't need to grab the hose and spray him with it and have him go bust out a door. Like, Forrest Griffin obviously isn't... I, I think he was acting. I think Forrest Griffin's a, a genius, and I think he knew what he thought... I think he was what he thought that people wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. And he played it perfectly because as soon as he got in, he called, like he was still a little crazy, but I mean, you gotta be, but he, he changed his whole attitude. He didn't have weird hair and he wasn't saying off the wall things anymore. I mean, sometimes, but he, he became more of himself than a character to be played on a TV show, mm-hmm. but he played that character. He played it well and people knew him because of it. How do you just going back to this so that we can move on to 200? Yeah. Um, who do you see winning this fight? Who do you love? I would like to see Claudia win this fight. I don't think she does. I was going to actually go for her this time, and if we'd like to place a bet, I'll take Joanna. You can take Claudia. Let's do it. All right, we'll have to figure out what we want to what we want to bet. Um, I would like to see Claudia win this fight. I don't think it's going to happen, only because Joanna has kept way more active and had, I think, a higher level of competition in the UFC and Claudia. Brazilians haven't done well over the last little bit, and so I don't see her. I, th- I see her kind of keeping that same Brazilian um, domino effect mm-hmm. of them just not being as well as as 
oh man, I'm having a hard time now. This, as I'll, being I'll as resilient or as being as as dominant. That's what I'm looking for. Let me before. fill this one. Now that PEDs aren't present anymore, uh, they're not as good. Just just because Claudia has a turtle shell on her front instead of on her back. She's cut up. She's cut up. I want. Uh, let's do the bet. We'll we'll set the bet down. We'll set the parameters and uh, do the Snapchat out on what we're going to do exactly. I don't Snapchat, but uh, I Snapchat. We'll uh, Flying Smitty Snapchat. You can find me. We'll make that happen. Upcoming events. All right, UFC two hundred. So let me give you a time parameter. We are about thirty minutes in. That gives us thirty minutes to talk about UFC two hundred, which is exciting. Um, can I tell you something yes, that you can. is not going to be of popular opinion? I think Daniel Cormier might win this. I've, th- I've heard about 50-50. I don't know about popular opinion on this one. It might be 50-50. Um, I, I mean, pundits that I've heard are 50-50. I'm sure fans are overwhelming. But are we talking pundits on like UFC Tonight that work with Daniel Cormier, so they have to Part say them, that yeah. they think they, that he's going to win? Part of them, yeah. I Chel Sonnen, um, Ariel Hawani, uh Different ones. I, I, are those people that like? But those sound like people that like DC more than they like John Jones. Um, well, I mean, Chell had an individual on that was he's a stand up comedian, but he's 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 wrestled and he's big into fighting, and he was Jeremy Botter. No. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, I think he was taking DC in and in Chell was like, it's actually closer than a lot of people think, but I'm taking Jones. Like he's like, I've I've wrestled Cormier, I've I've fought Jones. And if I if I gotta pick somebody, I gotta pick Jones. So I mean, th- I think they're giving fair assessments. I think this is a fight that literally nobody knows how it's gonna play out because it's it's pretty much a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. who's gonna win, right? It's Jones. It's gotta be Jones. But then you throw in a whole bunch of factors. DC's looked really good against everybody else. They fought once before. Jones hasn't fought in a while, and then when he comes back against OSP, he does not look. First off, OSP didn't look great. He had a and bust- Jones. He had a busted arm. During you, the fight, right? You, yeah, you yeah. have to finish someone with a busted arm. Well, yeah, exactly. And Jones didn't look good against a bad OSP. Yep. So here, here is why I think Daniel Cormier is going to win this fight. Those two reasons right there. John Jones did not... John Jones has a hard time with self-esteem, which plays a, a huge factor into a lot of things. A lot of people are, are with him this time, which is which is great. Um, the thing is with that though, is there's going to be a lot of self doubt in John Jones. OSP is going to accentuate the fight with OSP is going to accentuate that he may or may not feel like he has to go out and prove something or dominate DC. DC has, has more powerful hands than John Jones does. John Jones finishes people with elbows, not with strikes. Um, Daniel Cormier in their first fight did really well within the first two rounds and then guessed. And I can guarantee you he's not going to do that this time. He's learned his lesson. He's gone, you know, several five-round fights, but not at high of a pace as John Jones went. And I think that changes a lot. I think just like Nate Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, which I still think Nate Diaz wins that second fight, but Conor is going to come out with a completely different game plan and a completely different style of fighting um, and not try and knock him out in the first and I think DC's the same. He's not going to try and finish the fight within the first two rounds because he's going to realize that he tried to do that the time before, and it's not going to work. Um, 
I, I don't think he gassed necessarily. He admittedly took the third round off. And that was that was where the momentum shift. And you could be right. I, I just I just feel like that's not necessarily what happened. When's the last time you watched the fight? It was. I don't think I rewatched it. I watched this about a month and a half ago. He gassed. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Like I said, I could be wrong. But uh, when everybody was saying that Jones overwhelmingly beat him, I was never of the mindset about that. I actually thought it was a lot closer than people were saying. I, the uppercut that DC had, I never saw him landing that as many times as he did against Jones. Um, and I, I actually I wanted to see it again. The only other fight that you would really want to see now at this point for Jones at, at 205 would be Gustafson again. Yep. That's pretty much it. It's just like for me, and I know a lot of people didn't want to see it, and I'm glad that we did get it, but I actually thought that DC came in with a very good plan. Um, he looked very dominant the first round. Mm-hmm. Second round, he didn't look as dominant, but he looked. He looked dominant, really, really dominant that first round. When he got when he got taken down, yeah, the fight was pretty much over. <laughs> when he put his head on his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, just, he he in his world, there was no way in hell Jones was ever going to take him down. Why would he? How could he? Why would he even attempt to do that? He's way better on the feet. Jones did it. I think Cormier. I think Cormier learned more from his loss to Jones than Jones learned with his win against DC, which is always the case. Like all, like you, all, and that's why I thought I've talked about it before on the show where they had Mark Coleman, they had Chuck Liddell, they had Frank Mir, and they asked all of them, "What does it take to be a UFC champion?" And they all said, "You had to lose." Um, UFC is different than other sports. Like there's there's a certain amount of dignity in fighting like you're not fighting the right people if you're beating everybody mm-hmm. and dc really wants this fight you know and he he's throwing out like pretty much his career because if he loses this one again it's like where do you, where do you go but he's got announcing he's got so many other things he can do because he's such a likable character but he's a competitor that's why he wants to be number one like he chelson said it uh, again pretty correctly where dc now that he has the strap, his contract's completely dependent on if he has the strap or not. Um, and taking this fight with a chance of losing the strap and all the pay-per-view points that come with He's going to make a ton of money from this fight, 100%. But if he loses his strap, he loses all of his money, he's no longer the champion. Like, what does he do? He's a competitor. He and doesn't he, give a shit about And he's old enough. Money. He realizes he's only got a couple years left. Yep, I understand that completely. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about... You see that uh, both of them have a belt in this image? Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting. Well, shouldn't they, though? They should, right? Jones's was removed. No, he got the interim. Oh, he got the interim against OSP. I forgot. Yeah, which was stupid. They just did it for this picture. That's why they did it. <laughs> they did it just for this stupid picture. And if they didn't, then Connor would have been like, hey, where's my... Or Jones would have been like, hey, where's my belt? And pulled a no, Conor McGregor. No, he belt. got that belt. He's like, that's not the belt. Oh, yeah, I don't he's want a, it. a that's, fake belt. That's not the real belt. Well, he posed for this one, so... He's, well, because they told... Again, that whole thing was so that they could film this picture. Two champions going up against each other. It, it, it was silly. It's whatever. I don't care. Did you see that... Uh, Belts don't mean anything right now. Anything right now, but... Did you see that John Jones said he probably wouldn't go up to heavyweight anymore? Why? I, I know I didn't he answer just, your question. He just said that he... From what I understood and from what I saw, he just said he didn't have really a ton of interest, that he just wanted to, to clean out the, the 205 division, and that's where his focus was at the, at the moment. You did it. You cleaned it out. Well, DC did. It's... Well, both of them did. 
The 205 division is in rough shape right now. These two, right? There's there's the top five, and that's about it. I guess Anthony Johnson's the last person that Jones could fight there. And then what? Like, Gustafson a second time, and that's it. That's a year, maybe. He, he already beat Bader handedly. It's a year, maybe. Bader didn't look good against Johnson. He could get his one Johnson. loss back. back Bring back that. He'd have to fight him in Italy, though. And he just lost to Sokaju, so I'm pretty sure he's going to retire and Darn be done. Sokaju's like... It was from the like the original Pride fights. Goodness gracious! All right, let's move right down the line. Lesnar Hunt. Do you see Lesnar having no shot? T- no shot. No shot. And it's interesting. Interestingly enough, Hunt is the betting favorite on this too. And I think Lesnar started the betting favorite, and everyone was like, "Well, time to make free money," because there is unless Hunt comes in overconfident, Lesnar takes him right down. He's got no shot. I think that's Hunt's plan is just weathering the storm. He's going to do exactly what Kane did. He's going to rush in. He's going to try to take him down, and he's got a good pace. He's just going to stop. He's going to sit on it, and you're asking Lesnar to do the impossible. He hasn't fought in five years, He and then he only has a month to train, and then, what, two weeks with how big he is, two weeks of its cutting? How fun is this fight? It's fun. You get it. It's it, there's on a scale of Eddie Alvarez RDA and and Kimbo Data five thousand. Where does this land? So Data five thousand zero, Kimbo's and Data are zero, and then Eddie Alvarez and RDA are ten. <laughs> no, you got your scale backwards. I don't think I do. <laughs> so spectacle is that what we're doing? Yeah. Like an actual technical fight? Uh, spectacle like I, versus spectacle? Like cause we're not doing a zero to ten. We're doing a spectacle versus technicality. Spectacle to technical. Well, I. <laughs> Uh, testicles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a heavyweight, so it's always spectacle over, over, uh, technicality. What does it mean for Hunt if he loses? Nothing. What do you think, what do you think Hunt got from setting up this fight? Other Money. than a, just a gigantic payday. He got eight more fights, right? He's got an eight fight contract. He's fine. But like, if Lesnar's making a disclosed 13 million, right? What do you think Hunt is making for this? A ton. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly. But you, I don't know how I mean, those work. Got, it's a lot. It's a lot. So a I lot. guess I mean he's got an eight five contract. He's going to be making over five million. I can mm-hmm. almost guarantee it. I was it, thinking six. I was thinking around six, but probably, I have no idea. How probably those work out. and they, maybe they worked in some of the pay per view points because Lesnar's on there. Who knows? I highly doubt that, but maybe. Um, and then it's just exposure because everyone's going to be watching this fight. Answer your question. How good do you think it is? How excited are you for this fight? I'm pretty excited for it. Not as a, like, this really means something, but, like, I remember Brock Lesnar on the cover of Men's Health in my bathroom when I was, like, 12. Creepy. One of my brothers had bought it, and I remember being like, that dude's in the UFC. I remember him fighting Frank Mir for the first time. I remember him being dominant. I remember him saying when ridiculous from things. Randy Couture. That's more what you're excited about. If he wins, the sound bite at the end. Yeah, I don't even care if he wins. It's just well, the sound bite comes if yeah, he wins. Yeah, yeah, and there's been a couple before as well. But like this to me, okay. So you have Frank, you have Ken Shamrock versus Hoist Gracie, which I couldn't care less about. You have, and I guess I mean maybe the people who watch the Pride Days are like, oh, we get to see them fight again, and maybe that's the same concept with Brock Lesnar. But the fact is, is win or lose, it's going to be a spectacle. Win or lose, it's going to be an enjoyable fight to watch. Give me the walk-off home run just with 
Brock's huge ass body just fall into the canvas. Oh, I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I don't really want him to get like stone cold knocked out, but that's how it's gonna fight that. ending. Eyes rolled in the back of the head. Oh, I think I just see him going face down. You don't even get to see his eyes. He's just going forward. If he's smart, I'm well not not if he's smart. He can fight the fight how he wants. But if he Alistair overams him and just kicks him right in the gut where he's not going to be blocking, he could end this night right there. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen. I feel because he's not really a kicker too much, and he's oh, not no. going to get it that high. And one, if he brings his leg up, he could get taken down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Alistair Overham had no fear. Well, he's he's also got a lot of length. Yeah. Um, that that fight, that promo, that the promo for that fight. Like, if I was to buy a prom a, a poster, it would have been the Overeem uh, Lesnar. Like those two just looked like Clash of the Titans, as oh my, my wife gosh. called it. Yeah. Um, but no, do you see this fight ending any other way? Do you think? Do you see Brock winning? I don't see this going to decision. Um, you don't see it going to. Mark decision. Hunt's been knocked out once by a flying knee. I don't see Lesnar throwing a flying knee since he's been in the UFC. I don't know his pride career well enough to go back that far. I don't see if if Lesnar actually weathers the storm. Mark Hunt is known to get really tired in the third round and just throw haymakers. If he can stay, when once again, training for one month, being WWE and different things like that, you don't know how his cardio is. But if he can stay in it until the beginning of round three, when Hunt, if he can rope a dope Hunt and take him down in the third, he could either win by decision, which I don't think he wants, or he can ground and pound him. Based on Hunt um, gassing out in the third. Do you think it's a more a Carwin fight or more the uh, trying to think of another comparable fight like where he Brock weathers the storm, or do you think it's more the Cain Velasquez where Mark Hunt weathers the storm? I think Lesnar is going to try and rope it up. I think he's going to let Hunt come after him, tire himself out, and then and then he's going to try and take which him down. isn't stupid. No, it's not. <laughs> it's probably a good move. Hunt. Watch any fight with Hunt. If it gets to the third round, it ends up being one of the most boring fights you've ever seen. Is this going five? Because it's co-main, it probably should. Um, that's the thing I was going to ask you. I don't um, think it. Do you, I, I think that it wouldn't because they've got. Oh no, it's three. It's three rounds, and that's that's the two things they're complaining about. Either make it the main event or don't because it is the biggest fight on the card. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. Or make it five rounds because it's the co-main. So it's so it's not the main fight. I mean, it's not a title fight, so they shouldn't. But a lot of people are saying boxing, right? The biggest boxing fight, whether it's a title fight or not, is always... Well, the they've switched now. That's what they do with the yeah. Nick Diaz, Conor McGregor thing. I think that's perfect because I think it is the Nate second... Diaz. Excuse me, yes. I think it is the second biggest fight. I think Cormier Jones is much bigger. Um, but then you have two title fights also on the card. Making it three rounds is a nice break, and they're heavyweights. I think they, they're doing it perfect. I think trying to force five, we're talking possibly... Four. I'm guessing Lesnar said he wouldn't want to go five rounds anyway. He can't probably. Yeah. But then they have. We know Hunt can't. <laughs> I mean, he can, but he shouldn't. That would be possibly what twenty five. That'd be a hundred minutes of four fights, possibly, if they all went to decision. I think this is already. I think that's what they discussed with how many five round fights there are on this. Mm-hmm. If that would have been a five round, it could have easily been the longest UFC card in history. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't like it. Other than Colorado, right? You. Uh, Tate Nunes. I'm actually really excited about this fight only because I've been watching a lot of the Nunes fights and she looks solid. Her last loss was to Kat Zingano and that's before she started training at ATT and she looked good in the first round against Kat Zingano, mm-hmm. actually took her down and then the, the last two round, 
two rounds, Kat Zagano just crushed her. She started taking her down, holding her down, and by the third, she actually finished her. But she she fought, uh, what is her name, the the wrestler, the the Olympic wrestler. Carmouche? No, that's the... She, no. she beat Carmouche. Nunez is beat Carmouche, and she also beat... No, not, not she, no, she didn't. That was showing Shevchenko that beat Carmouche. Uh, let me click on it. I just watched it. She's beat Shauna Baszler. She's beat... Is Carmouche the one that was the Olympic-level wrestler? No, she was the Marine. Um, that, I always say that. Uh, she beat Shevchenko, which is a great fight. Sarah McMahon. Yep, that's who it is. She beat Sarah McMahon. She stuffed her takedown, and she actually submitted the wrestler, which and she looked really good. Um, yeah, right after Kat Zingano, she started training at ATT, which means she moved to the states to start training, and she's looked really solid. She has a lot of she has a lot of technical knockouts. Yep, all through her career, pretty much. Um, with some she she doesn't usually go to decision. So the there's only. Two issues that I see with her potentially losing this fight. Misha Tate can go five rounds. Easy. And Misha Tate could have be, could have technically been considered the winner in the Kat Zingano fight mm. because she weathered that storm. She went out in the first and looked dominant, and then she weathered the storm the rest of it. And so you know that she's tough, and you know that she's resilient. So I think Nunez, I think Misha Tate is probably the, the and I say this, with all due respect, the weakest women's champion right now, and we've discussed this before, if Nunez is going to become the champ or if someone else is going to beat somebody, it's most likely not going to be Ronda, and it's most likely not going to be Holly Holm. We need to do another bet on this whole card and just do essentially pick and we should do a bet on whoever loses the aggregate. I wonder if we have enough of a difference of opinion for that to actually happen. I would say I would take Nunez. Depending, I wouldn't. This is like I would bet five dollars on Nunez. Like I wouldn't bet anything substantial. Well, no, it would be the whole card. Like which one of us? But I would take. But we're both going to take Edgar. We're both going to take Velasquez. So it really would be, we're both going to take Hunt. So it really would be Cormier, Jones, Tate, Nunez. Wait, what if we did the whole card though? But we we have a lot of the same picks. That's what I'm telling you. Oh, I'm talking all the way down to the early prelims. Because those are like we know enough about all those yeah. fighters too. Okay, we know so Miller, Gomi, Santos, Musasi, Sanchez, Lozon. So Lozon, Sanchez, that would be one. Because you probably have Sanchez. I wouldn't be sure about that. Let's just. How about we do it? I'm not sure we'll, about that either. Let's. Uh, how about we just do it? We'll make a bet on it. We'll also we'll post par- that. We'll, par- we'll parlay it. The whole card. Well, yeah. I mean, any any separate any separate picks that we have. Yeah, yeah, and whoever just wins the aggregate of the fight picks. But there's so many. Hendrix, Gastelum. Exactly. Hendrix. We'll do the whole thing. We both got Hendrix. You don't know that. Dillashaw, Sunsal. I would want Dillashaw. I'm not, I'm not saying my picks anymore because I want to do this thing. Are you just going to take opposite ones just because now? No. I don't even know who you want to pick. That's why I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm not listening. I'm spouting them off to our fan right now. Fan? <laughs> <laughs> we'll let, the, we'll let the fan decide. Thanks for joining us here today. <laughs> so you're saying, no, you don't want to. I think that we're too similar in picks. And I think that, that bodes poorly for anyone that you pick on the card. <laughs> you really don't want to do that to them. You'd ruin I want their, redemption. You'd ruin That's why I want to do it. <laughs> you'd ruin their poor I want career. redemption. 
This whole podcast has been a fluke. I'm number one at picks. <laughs> That's not true. I'm number one at you picks. You got a steep hill to climb before yeah. you get back. So let's to do the, the whole card. Let's see who wins the whole card. I'm not giving you your dignity back based on one card. Oh my gosh. You have to beat me on three different fights that are on main main event fights, starting with Fine, let's just do the Cormier main event then. To Cormier Jones. Let's just do the main event then. God, but I'm Yeah, all right then. If I've learned anything about our pickums, that means Cormier is a lock to win it. <laughs> you don't know who I'm picking. You hear it first, fan. You pick Jones. Therefore, I'm not. I'm not saying my picks from here. You, what are you going to do? Wait till someone wins and then decide who you know. No, we're going to write win. them on a piece of paper and then we're going to do it. All right. That's why I'm saying do the whole card. All right. all right. All right. Okay. We can decide on that. That's fine. All right. So. What undercard that you're the most excited? Down. What else are you excited for? All of these, man. These, these yeah, could all everybody be that was talking shit on this card is stupid. I, I'm look right at you. In the, you're stupid. This card's amazing. You. This card is a like this one. They're like 98 better than 200. It comparable. There is not one fight on this except for maybe Miller Gomi. They couldn't. You wouldn't watch that headline. The, they couldn't headline an FS1 uh, card. Exactly. That's like you wouldn't watch that on FS1. I watch that on. FS1. Well, of course, of course, we would. Yeah, but hundred percent. Um, I mean Miller Gomi. I would take that over the main event in, in Utah. I wouldn't. I'm excited for Yair. I am too. But, but pretty much, I would. I would like. I would like one more fight. Um, I agree. They sell. They're already selling tickets. That's what I texted you about. Oh man. But then Sean said, "Oh wait, hold on." Yeah, yes, he did. Yeah, it was supposed to be on the twenty eighth, and then they moved it to the thirtieth. They had the, the they had the actual image on UFC.com. That's why I wanted to see it because they're tracking where I'm from. Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar. How does Frankie Edgar get it done? Mm-hmm. That's I, the okay. Let me preface this whole thing. I won't be too in depth about it, but the whole reason I'm excited about this card is because. All Dennis the fights Bur- can go either way. Dennis Bermudez versus who? Ronnie Jason. I don't know who that is. Ronnie Jason's a solid Brazilian fighter. This is actually... I'm more excited for this card than I thought. I like Dennis Bermudez a lot. Cub Swanson, Dennis Bermudez, Yair Rodriguez. You got me sold. All right, Dana White. You goof. <laughs> you goof. <laughs> Joe Silva. He's the Joe Silva. Maker. Yeah. Um, that Part of the reason why I'm so excited for this fight is I honestly don't know how it's going to play out. Like, all the, all the fights... Except for Velasquez Brown is like my Velasquez is going to win. Yeah. It's just what's going to happen. And, but, that, and that's not even a lock, but yeah. Not, they never are. No. They never are. That's why all the picks that I've made that should have won that haven't, that have made me look like an idiot. Like, if we did those all again, they just so happen to be the one out of ten times that I was wrong. Just kidding. Um, but no, it's... Uh, I'm I, Honestly, I don't know if Edgar wins this fight. The first one was close. I feel like it's it's getting finished. And the first one was a good, good fight. I feel like it's getting finished. Like yeah. there's there's a finish that's going to happen. And I think regardless, it's going to be knockout. I, think both, I don't think it's submission. I think both of these fighters want to prove themselves enough that there's a, a really solid chance of someone making a mistake and getting dropped. Mm-hmm. And then we get to hear everybody, but why would he do that? It was so stupid. Against Frankie Edgar? Against Jose Aldo? Yeah. Why would they do that? Would he? Because he had to do something. <laughs> but... If we go into the most recent knockouts, Frankie Edgar hasn't been knocked out in a long, long time. Pretty much gets knocked out in every fight. Yeah, but Jose Aldo got knocked out cold in his last fight. So if you were to ask me who who has a better chance of getting caught 
on the button and going out first, Jose Aldo does. I think the I think the new weight cup or the new weigh in programs helps Jose Aldo out a little bit with that. Uh, being able to hydrate sooner, we'll see how he. I can agree with that. With them weighing in early, him getting being able to hydrate. Are they doing that in Vegas? I, I think it's done now. I think that's it. I think it was pretty well overwhelming success. I don't know. In all honesty, I've tried to find it and I haven't really been able to. I haven't seen an article on it. Because I know certain places have come out and said, like North Carolina, I believe, said that they were going to implement it before. Or uh, Cleveland, I think, said that they were going to implement it. But I don't know if Vegas has said that they're going to implement it. And it might be because they make a ton of money. Uh, the weigh-ins, but it seemed like those weigh-ins worked just as well as before. Uh, any last thoughts on the card before we wrap this up? No. Uh, again, I think I think you're being a little silly if you thought that 200 wasn't good. I know that I am also now have the Lesnar Hunt fight on it and makes it look a little bit better. But I think you even take that card that fight off of it and move Dillashaw Asuncio onto the main main event. I think you've got an amazing card, comparable. To UFC 100, UFC 100 was still better. It had GSP on it. <laughs> See, and GSP is a boring fighter, so. GSP is the best athlete this sport's ever seen. How dare you? How? He greased people up. He greased himself up so he could escape from BJ Penn's holds. He's really smart. And with that, <laughs> genius. And with that, remember to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us at One Speed MMA on Twitter. And, of course, uh, tell us why we're wrong. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Bye. Bye.